0: God to come into fellowship God and we thank you Father God that it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives in us because we have been crucified with Christ so we thank you as this teaching go forth that our hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have for us on this night in Jesus name amen let's have Athelia and brother Terry and was it Kim and Joe left? Okay, we'll have all of them to come up, and we're gonna start on some more teaching on the night, so I don't think it's gonna take them long.
1: Come on, thea. Okay. Um, my my um, assignment was on how does your heart become hardened? And there's a lot of areas in which your heart can become hardened, but from personal experience, when I went through with the hardened heart, was when, give you a little demonstration. Say, like, this God is here, and I'm here. And I go to God and I ask Him for something that I'm believing Him for. And I'm believing it. I'm praying about it. You know, making my supplications with thanksgiving, doing what the words say do. And then the opposite of what you're praying for happens. So God is still here. He's still good. But my heart becomes calloused and a little hard. So I'm moving away. From God. He hasn't moved. He's still good. His word still stands. He's still truth. But I moved because my heart got a little hard and a little callous. And with that callous, it reminded me of um, <clears throat> when a person plays like the guitar. You get these calluses if you're not using a pick. You know, but I guess it makes it play better because you got a callus so your finger won't hurt anymore. But in the spiritual realm, doubt and unbelief comes in. Well, God, you said ask and I shall receive. I asked, but I didn't receive. So what's going on? It's not him. It's me. Because whatever happens... God is in control, and God knows, and it's up to him, and it's my job to trust in what his word says, to lean and depend on him, and to not lean and depend on my own understanding, but that is one area where your heart can get hardened, and that's what happened to me, and I got out of my place with God, because doubt and unbelief unbelief came in And then the anger and the bitterness and all this other stuff comes in. And then your heart gets hardened even towards other people. Because now I'm out of my place. So all these things are coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. And your heart is getting harder and harder and harder. Until the light comes on. And you realize this is not the way God wants me to be. And he cannot use me in this state. So how can I help somebody else if my heart is hard? So now I have to go and get back in my place because God has not moved. So I have to move and get back in my place and not have a hardened heart because of grief, because of sorrow, because of disappointment. Those things will make your heart hard towards God, and not only towards God, but towards the people of God. But then I have to realize that it's not about me. It's all about him. Because before the foundation of the world, everything has already been planned out. Nothing catches God by surprise. He knows everything. So I have to trust God because he's my father. And because he knows what's best for all of us. Even though we may not know or we may not see that that's best. You know, everything worked together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are the call according to his purpose. But God still has the final answer. He has the last answer. So to get rid of the hardened heart, get back in your place, trust in the God who loves you, who is God, and, you know, break up that fallow ground through the word and with prayer, fasting.
2: Amen. Amen. Well, mine was, uh, can you have faith and unbelief at the same time? And the answer is yes. Uh, Mark 9:24, it says, uh, he says, Lord, help my, I believe, but help my unbelief. And he said that because if you go back up there, up above that, right, that scripture, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I ain't going to get it all right, but, but, uh, he brought, his, he brought his son to the disciples for them to cast the evil spirit out of him. And they couldn't cast the evil spirit out of him. And so, uh, he asked Jesus and Jesus said y'all, faithless generation the their unbelief in them. And so that's when he asked, he said, Lord, help me, help me, help my belief. And, uh, he said, I believe. Jesus said, I believe. Do you believe? Was it do believe is impossible? All things are impossible. I can't remember exactly what the scripture is, but he asked him, do you believe? And he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay.
0: Um, Jamie. Yeah, I forgot about Jamie.
3: Good evening. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Doing well. Thank you. Mine is: Does rebellion make your heart harden and how? Um, naturally, yes. If we rebel against the things of God, then it's going to be harder for us to want Him and want what He wants. Because if we, if we're constantly in rebellion and being prideful, you know, rebelling against authority rebelling against leadership, um, rebelling against, you know, God, what his word says. How can we, you know, how can we be, you know, sensitive to the things of God? And if we're doing that, then our heart's going to be hard. So rebellion, we have to be careful with that. Um, Even with, you know, simple things like, Um, those of us who have, you know, jobs, um, sister Teresa brought it out. Um, Sunday, um, I'm a stickler for that. You know, I try to, if we get 30 minutes for lunch, take 30 minutes, right? Don't steal and take 45 and just, I don't know, I'm not perfect in all all areas, but that's, that's a pet peeve of mine. If you get a 15 minute break, take 15 minutes, don't sit there and just you know steal from the company because you know we're if we do that we're rebelling and that's not you know god's not a thief is he no he's not (laughs) so why should we you know on these jobs and and people might you know look at you like why are you you know it's just you know three minutes but that's i mean we have a spirit of excellency on us you know if you you should take pride in, you know, working for God and doing what he says and just not rebelling against authority. And um, I need to work on those stop signs. I'm not perfect in that either. It's so easy just to, you know, but you got to stop. <clears throat> and the cops will let you know, too, you know, it's a stop sign. I had one pull me over. No, he didn't pull me over. He it was a sheriff in Wilmington. And I thought I stopped, but, you know, you stop, you see the stop sign. You don't go past the stop sign and then stop. You stop before you get to it, right? So be careful in that, saints, because we can, you know, just like a seat belt. You know, I don't know. You, you, you ride around. It's a habit. You know, you, you get used to putting a seat belt on. You're not rebelling against, you know, authority. I'm going to shut up.
0: Amen. Um, Is Kim and Joe coming forward?
4: Good afternoon, everybody. I lost my paper, but I believe this is the question I had. This is uh, how does a heart become hearted?
0: <clears throat> hmm, what did you say?
4: How does a heart become hearted? Okay. Um and my aunt she hit it on the point. She came up here. But um I I could from experience, you know, uh, it comes from uh, uh, lack of discipline, like for me. Um where at one point, I'd be disciplined in reading my word and prayer and being in fellowship with, with God. Um, and then, as I lack my discipline, um, I become more.
0: Can you speak up, Joe?
4: Oh, I become more. Um, <laughs> I become more uh, uh, listening to the world views of things instead of being more concerned about God things. Um, but then it, it also come from, you know, different different things that we go through in life um it could be deaths it could be family problems whatever and you know our heart might become hardened because we might blame god for something or you know anything could happen that might cause us to our uh, heart get hardened but um that's it
0: okay you can pass it to your wife and remember when you come up joe to speak you're not talking to your lovely wife you're talking to us oh
4: my, my bad
0: You know I'm messing right. I had the same thing um Sorry.
4: Um, um how does a
2: heart
0: become <laughs> sorry? Y'all coming to the conference, right? <laughs> how does a heart become hardened um what I've learned is being insensitive to God and um, um, be more sensitive to natural than supernatural and it becomes hardened when you don't spend time with him Um, you reject him you think you don't need him or when trials come you feel like he wasn't there when he was and to reverse that, spend time with him and get in the Word. Amen. Gloria says she didn't hear you. She says she's sorry, but she didn't hear you. Did y'all hear? Okay. Now, this is where we're going to continue at tonight. We talked about the hardened heart. We talked about what it was. We talked about things that cause a hardened heart. But I'm finding out that we can know what a hardened heart is. We can speak on it well. But if we don't admit that we have a hardened heart, even though we're saying we know about a hardened heart, then our heart is going to stay hard. This is why the Word of God comes forth to let us know what's going on so we can get it right through the Word. Anytime you go to a doctor... You don't sit there and stare at that doctor. You go and tell him what's going on with you. You don't sit there and let him guess. Well, he's going to ask you what seems to be going on with you today. Some of us don't tell the whole truth. We tell part of the truth because we know what we should have done before we went, right? But you have to admit that you have a problem. You know, people that are alcoholics, people that are on drugs, people that, um, you know, have problems with sexual perversion. You know, man can't help for looking at women and wanting women or a woman can't help for looking at men and want a man. The first thing you got to realize is I do have a problem. So once you realize you have a problem, then there's a cure for that problem or for what you're going through. So we're going to talk about the cure tonight. We went through um, some things dealing with the cure. We talk about the word of God. But first of all, it's admitting that you have a problem. Lord, it is me. My heart is hardened. But some people's hearts are so hard that they become stubborn. They become so callous. They have become so rebellious. They have become so prideful. Even with you giving them the word, they still feel like they're right. And they don't want to come down. Because they have, their hearts have been hardened so long that they're still looking at the other people. And it seems so real that those people are doing that thing. Nobody can change your mind. So that's when we have to go into prayer. That's when we have to seek the Lord and we have to ask the Lord, Lord, help them to open up their heart to see and to know what's going on around them, what's going on in them. So it is the word. It does take the word for us to uproot that hardened heart. The cure is being word-minded and not being world-minded. Being world word-minded and not being world-minded. Before we accepted Jesus, we went over this scripture, and I'm going to go over it again. This is where we were before we accepted Jesus. That's Ephesians 2, verse 1 through verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through verse 4. This is where we were. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. In the past, you were spiritually dead. Because of your sins and the things you did against God. Your transgressions. Yes, in the past you lived. You walked the way the world lives according to the course, the ways, the age of this world. Following the ruler, Satan, of the evil powers that are above the earth. So this is where we were. We was following Satan. We was living, walking in the way according to the world. That's where we were. Just because you get born again, that junk has to be cleaned out of your trunk. Your spirit is what become new. That's your born again spirit. That spirit has everything that you need. It is sealed until the day of redemption. There's no sin there. There's nothing there. It is pure. It is holy. That's where God dwells. Satan can't touch that. But one thing he does know, even though. I'm not your God anymore, and you're serving the most holy God, I still got something on you. And what he has on us is you just can't just accept Jesus and don't do nothing. Some people get born again, and they think that's just it. I I don't have to do anything else. Your next step is, let me finish reading this. It says... The same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God, the children, sons of disobedience. In the past, all of us lived like or among them, trying to please or give into the cravings of our sinful self, sinful nature, the flesh, and doing all things our bodies, flesh, and minds wanted. We should have suffered God's anger because we were sinful by nature, while by nature, children, sons of wrath. We were the same as other people, just like the rest, mankind. That's where we were. We were the same. If we don't do what the Word of God tells us to do, now that we're born again and we have a new identity, we still are going to act like the world acts. We still think like the world thinks. We still do what the world is doing. Some of us say, when I got born again, my whole heart turned towards God. That is true because you don't want to do what you did no more. But sometimes we can step into those things because we have old patterns. We have old ways of doing the things that we've been taught when we were growing up. If you lived in a household where the mother or the father didn't discipline the children or did not tell them what was right or what's wrong, the only thing you saw is sin. I mean, everything was sin. You heard about God. You heard them calling on God, but they were living outside of what was right with God. They go to church, but then they come back and they do things that don't add up. So if you were um, living in a household like that, that seems normal to you. It seems normal for a man and a woman to be staying together and not married. It seems normal for two women or two men to be coming together. That seemed normal because that's what you saw. That's how you were raised. It seemed normal that you can drink in front of your parents because they don't mind. You can bring men and women in the house with your parents because they don't mind. They're in one room, you in another room. It was normal. So all of those things you grew up with, so when you get saved, guess what? Everything that you did that was not normal, that gratified your flesh, is what needs to be uprooted now. Even though you don't want to do it, guess what? Your thinking and the things you're still watching, the places you're still going, and things that you're doing is going to compel you. It's going to draw you in that direction. And you're thinking you okay because you're saved by grace. Because you have the grace card. So that's why you have to be taught the way of the Lord. Some people say, well, people should know that they shouldn't be doing that things because if their heart change, they shouldn't want to do it. No, they shouldn't want to do it, but they're compelled. They're driven to something that's been there for years in their mind, in their heart. So what they're doing is saying, I'll do it this time. It'll be okay. Oh, I'm going to hit something because whoever's saying that, if you know you don't supposed to eat like you're eating and you're still eating all that food you're eating and steady eating pig feet, pork chops, stuff that you know that you supposed to graduate, you know, pull away from, that's sin. That's gluttony. That mean that this is what you, I had to put that in there. The reason being because people look at sins as big sins and little sins. Sin is sin. It don't matter fornication, adultery, whatever is sin is sin. It is called sin. So it don't matter if you don't fornicate or you don't commit adultery or if you don't lie, if you steal, you done committed them all. So what I'm saying is the way we were raised and the things we were accustomed and used to doing, we have to take the word of God and get renewed by who we are now that we're in Christ. Your life will change due to your way of thinking. If your thinking is off, I don't care how saved you are, you say, and I'm missing hell, but your lifestyle is not lining up with the way God wants you to do things. And if you do it for so long, then you become stubborn, you become rebellious, you become bitter, and you can become hateful, meaning that everybody is wrong and I'm right. You can become controlling Because you're so set in your ways, but you're still saying you know God, now you become a liar. Because those are not the things that God does. God does not hate anybody. He loves people outside of how they treat him. So when we know the ways of God, then we can dig up these things that we have planted in our hearts for years. We can dig it up through the word. It's not going to happen overnight. I can assure you it's not going to happen overnight. But the more you push yourself to do things according to God and not according to the world, guess what? Your body is going to come into alignment. Your thinking is going to come into alignment because you're saying, I don't want to do this no more." You can say you don't want to do it no more. You can admit it, but now you got to quit it. How can you quit it? By not hanging around the same people. By not listening to the same thing, if it's some type of music that you like, and you know that music is is, uh, causing you to stray away from God, then you turn off the radio. You don't hang with people who play in that same music, because what you're doing, you renewing your mind. God is letting me know that within the church, people, there's four grounds that I went over. The reason why people's hearts are so hardened, and we went over those four well, three grounds, but that fourth ground is the ground that don't have all that stuff in it. So the more we go to the word of God, the more change will take place. Here goes the scripture, Colossians 3, verse 1 through verse 2. Therefore, since you was raised from the dead, raised with Christ, aim at, expire, to seek after, focus on what's in heaven the things above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Think only about, set your minds on, fix your thoughts on, the things in heaven above, not the things on the earth. I don't know about you, when you have set your mind to something for so long, it gets difficult to actually change your mind that quick. Because my husband tells me, When you make up your mind and you tell me you're not going to eat it, you will not eat it. No, I'm not. So my mind is so made up, they know they can't get me to eat it, even though they're saying, eat it, eat it. No, I don't want it. So we can make up our minds in certain areas where we become stubborn, in those areas, that we're not going to move off of what we don't want to eat, what we don't want to wear, where we don't want to sleep. We can focus on that to the point of, Nobody can't move you. Why are we so quickly moved when it comes to the word of God? It's because it has not taken deep root. When the word take deep root in you, women, I don't care how good a man looked to you. You know you married and you're not going to touch that man. And you're not going to be gazing at that man. And it's the same thing with the man. I don't care how good that woman looked. You know you're married. You shouldn't need to be gazing at that woman. You should not need to be taking side looks. You should not even be taking photographs with your mind and putting your wife in the place, that woman in the place of your wife, vice versa. So those things we have to flee from. We have to make sure that our mind is so set on things above that the things on the earth does not move us. That's when you know where you are in Christ. And it comes to setting your mind and keeping it set. You can set it, but you got to keep it set. And the only way you can keep it set is to get from around things that's going to pull you in to something that's not about heaven. And I'm going to you, you, have things that will pull you. When you get into your word and you're really getting into that word and you're making up your mind and you saying, I'm not doing this no more. This is what I'm not doing because this is what the word says. I guarantee you the enemy is going to use somebody to knock on your door or he's going to use the television. He's going to use something to take that word from you because he know the moment you get understanding. Then that's when you're going to grab hold to that word. That's when illumination revelation and light is going to come. So you got to take the time to make up your mind and say, Lord, I want to keep my mind set on things above and not on things of this earth. And this is why it's so hard in the church because several people minds are not set on things dealing with heaven. People minds are set on how I feel, what somebody done to me, why people don't talk to me, what have I done to somebody. If your mind is so set on that and that's all you've been dwelling on, then you got a stronghold in that area. And a stronghold is a fortress and a fortress is where um, people would go for safety so the enemy wouldn't come in. Remember, David would have those fortresses and he'll be hiding from Saul from was it Saul? Yeah. And he couldn't find him, he couldn't touch him. That's what a stronghold is. The more you think about what a person done, and that's all you think about every day, you building a fortress in your mind. So it's going to look as if that person has really done something that that person hadn't really done. And a person that's in the spirit on the Lord's day, when you begin to talk to them about that person, they'll say, nope, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. That ain't that person. Well, I know what they done to me, and I know what they said. Now, the the thing that they said, the more you dwell on it, it's going to be what they didn't say. It's going to be added more to what they didn't say. This is why I done that exercise. If I started with Jamie, and I gave a word to Jamie, by the time it got to Barbara, I guarantee it would change. That's why we have to immediately. When we feel like somebody has said something or done something, immediately we have to grab hold and go to that person and say, excuse me, I want to make sure I heard right what you said. We cannot sit there, and I can't go to Teresa and say, Teresa, Jamie was talking about me. Let me tell you what he said. You wouldn't believe what Jamie said. He said my biscuits was nasty. <laughs> now I'm just using a skit. Teresa to my wife, and you know Jamie ain't nothing about your biscuits. Yes, he did, Teresa. He said my biscuits was nasty. I know I heard him. Ask Nay. Nay was right there. Ask him. Nay, what you hear? Did you hear them biscuits was nasty? She heard my biscuits. See, Teresa, I told you she heard them biscuits was nasty. And then Renee go home and she tells us, I, I don't know what passed talking about. I ain't heard nothing about no biscuits. But I was just so scared to say, you know, I, I, I was just scared, so I disagreed with her. Zai, and I looked at her mama and said, Mama. Now, you know that's not what's been being taught. See what happens in the church. Because people take one thing they think that they heard and they give it to somebody except going to the person that it come from and Aunt Jamie, excuse me, you said something about my biscuit. What was it that you said about them biscuits? He's, he did say nothing. So I can either take Jamie at his word, or I held it so long, I can look at Najina and say, he lying. He was talking about my biscuits. Because that thought... Went over, it rolled over and over and over and over, and my heart became hard towards Jamie. So anything that Jamie say, I say, don't believe it. It ain't true, because I got a problem with Jamie, and I didn't take care of that problem. So this is why it's a must and it's an urgency that we do what the Word of God tell us to do. If you have art, you go to that person. If if you feel like that person is still lying, you need to go pray and say, Lord... I went to the person, but I still feel like something ain't right. Now, some people will tell you, I ain't got a problem with you, and they're lying. Their heart ain't right. When your heart is right according to the word, you're not going to lie to your sister or brother. You're going to get it right. You're going to make sure that y'all are on one accord according to the word of God. This is why the Bible tells us, y'all, why do we read these scriptures and we act like they don't mean anything? It says, do not be shaped by conformed to press into a mold by this world age. Instead, be changed within transformed by a new way of thinking or changing the way you think. The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to decide, discern, test, and approve what God wants for you. It's God's will. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. We will not know until we renew our minds according to what God is saying and not according to what we heard. If it's contrary to the word of God, we cast it down. According to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. We cast it down and say, no, that's not what God's words say. I'm not accepting that. I don't care what you're saying about that person. That's not what God is saying. I don't have art against that person. I don't believe that person have art against me. So we got to do what the word tell us to do. If we don't, y'all, our heart becomes so hardened and so callous that we don't want to hear what nobody got to say. Even in marriage, if you don't communicate with one another. And you keep stuffing your heart against your husband or against your wife. Even when they're telling you the truth, you think they're lying. They can't even pour out their heart because you're feeling like, no, you're lying to me. You're not telling me the truth. Why don't you just tell me the truth? And they say, I am telling you the truth. No, you're not. You're not even sorry. Because your heart has become so callous and so hard with that person, you choose not to believe what they're saying. So it's time for us to cultivate our heart with the word of God and allow the word of God to take a deep root so it can uproot everything in our hearts. That's not right. We can teach this teaching on heart and heart until Jesus come until we make up our minds and say, God deal with my heart. And I know it's going to take time, but God show me your word according to what you want me to know and not according to what I've been seeing. And God will show us through his word. If you're holding something in your heart against anybody, you need to get it right. Because when you stand before God, you got to give him an answer to what you're doing, to what you have done down here on the earth. So we have the cure. The cure is the word of God. And everything that we go through, one thing we have to do is look it up in the word and say, God, show me what your word has to say about that and meditate on it day and night. The more you meditate on the Word of God, the more life comes from the Word. The more you get into the Word, the more you get out of what you're in. The longer you stay out of the Word, the more you stay where you are. The more you think things are okay with where you are. It is getting to the point, people can't go to people no more. And they're afraid to go to people because they know how they're going to react. They know they can't say nothing to them because they're going to come back and they're going to act harshly to them. Why? Because they ain't renewed their mind. They ain't dug up those things that are already there. So that's why people don't mess with certain people. So until we get where we need to get with the Lord, according to his word, we're going to keep going through these same patterns, y'all, over and over and over again. Our hearts should not be hardened. Because if we're where we need to be in the word, we're going to do what the word tells us to do. We're going to hear it and we're going to do it, and we have to do it for such a time as this because we got too much going on in the world. It's time out for us fighting against each other. It's time for us to be brothers and sisters in Christ and be able to go to one another and say, hey, I need to ask you a question. I've been feeling this way, and it could be me, but can I talk to you about it? And then when you talk to them about it, the person shouldn't rear up and say, well, why do you think it's me? I didn't say it was you. I just want to make sure there's nothing there between us that the enemy can use. Everybody in this room know who they can talk to and who they can't. But I can tell you this. The ones that stand on the word of God, the ones that really focus on the word, some people are not going to go to them. Because they feel as if if I go to them, they ain't going to agree with me anyway. You're right. And I'm one of them. Because I'm going to tell you that's not what the word says. No, this is what you need to do about that. I'm not going to tell you something that's outside of the word. Even if you saw a person do it, you need to go to that person. I'm not the one. So people wonder, why do you always take sides with people and they're wrong? It ain't that I'm taking sides. It's just that I'm telling you to do what the word tells you to do. I'm not going to sit up there and listen and keep pouring word into you and you keep coming back to me with the same thing. So that's telling me you still holding it in your heart and you ain't saying you yet. You still see another person. So I don't care to hear it no more because you're not doing anything about it. According to the word, when you go into the word, y'all, I guarantee you the word brings change and your flesh. It dies daily when you go into the word of God. If you going into the word and you coming out the same way, you ain't been in it there should be a change when you go into the word and the word come in you because the word is light and whatever's in you is darkness and it's going to expose that darkness and God's is going to show you what does not supposed to be there. So the cure is getting into the word of God, allowing the word to get into you and then change will come. Do, do any of us want change? I know I do. That's why every day I have to say, Lord, show me me. Lord, if it's something, well, let me rephrase it. We already know what we said that we should not have said. All of us do. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, is there somebody I need to call? Is there something that I need to say that I have not said? And the Lord will remind you. The Lord will speak to you and let you know who's talking and what they're saying. And you will call and say, you know what? Forgive me. I shouldn't have responded the way I responded. And guess what they're going to say? Who told her that? Nobody but God. Get into the word. Allow the word to get into you and change will come. And don't let guilt and condemnation come either. When you know where you are, guess what? The word of God will fix where you are. He will show you. He will enlighten you through the word. And y'all, it make you feel so light. That heaven is there that we have built up through things that we have helped. Do y'all know how good it feel when you can face that person and say, woe is me. Forgive me, it's me. But one thing we have to do, I can ask my husband to forgive me 24-7. But if my husband never see a change after I'm asking him to forgive me and I keep going back to the same place, do y'all know if I go back to my husband, he don't want to hear it? He don't want to hear it. Because he's supposed to be forgiving me, but that's supposed to be change, y'all. It's supposed to be change. And I'm not trying to make something work. I'm living according to where I am. So we got to start living according to what this word is saying. And we got to quit putting on these acts of saying you like somebody and deep down inside you hate their guts. Or you don't want to be around them. That's not who God is. So go through Romans 12 verse 2. Go through Second Corinthians 10 verse 4 and 5 again. Go through Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 again. If we meditate on those three um, uh, verses of scriptures, I guarantee if you keep meditating on them and meditating on them, you will say, God, that's not where I am. I'm not thinking on things above. You have to watch what you be thinking. The thing that you think on the most is where you are. That's just how hard your heart is. Whatever come a uh, thought that come to you the most, that's where your heart is. That's what the enemy is holding on you. And that's where we need to start. Let's dig up this, this stuff that, that is not of God. And let's quit listening to other people that is not lining up with the word of God. That's why you have to be in the word so you can hear what God is saying and not hearing what the world is saying. Amen. Do anybody have anything they want to say on that? Nobody? Okay. Come on, Athea. We know you, Athea. Come on.
1: (laughs) And also to add to what I was saying earlier, when you get back into your rightful place with God, he will give you an answer. And God let me know that he is the God of all comfort, and he alone will comfort you. You know, people can give you the word, but if your heart is hard, it's like bouncing. It's, it's, it's like throwing a ball against the wall. It's bouncing off. But when God comes in and comforts you and lets you know everything is okay, it is all right. But you can only hear him once you get back in your rightful place with God. So I encourage all of you to get in the word, stay in the word, and let God be God in your life. And also, can I add something else? Mm -hmm. We're losing a lot of people, y'all, to drug overdose. So will we please pray for people that have addictions with drugs? You know, I know it, but there are people who who, uh, have died and who are in the hospital for drug overdose, so let's keep them lifted up in prayer. So our hearts can't... We can't afford to have a hardened heart in this day and time when we're losing a lot of people. Amen?
0: And with a hardened heart, you can't hear God. See, that's why it takes people a long time to hear what God is saying because their heart has become so hardened. If you really want to be sensitive to God, you got to get rid of that hardened heart because if a person is coming up to you and they're speaking to you spiritually but it's going in one ear and going out another it is because your heart is so hard you don't care to hear what they have to say but guess when a person's heart become pliable in tragedy in death when they getting ready to lose different things and they can't do nothing about it that's when people begin to come down and humble themselves and then they're ready to listen to what god has to say so it's time for us y'all to quit playing and get into this word for real, and allow this word to get into us, letting go of pride and everything that's getting in the way of us hearing God, and for our heart to be sensitive more to Him than the things of the world. Now Jenny, you got something you want to say? Come on up. Yeah, I think it's on. It's off for you?
5: Mm. I have a problem with um, I hope I don't want to get too personal and don't want to really call names, but I guess I have to just say what I have to say. When I'm in the word and in prayer and trying to live according to how God would want me to live, when the person comes home and all they want to see is NFL, NFL, and I'm trying my best, and I don't really know how to say it in a way without trying to hurt this person's feelings. Or you'll come home, and I I truly stay on the Christian stations all day long because I believe faith comes by hearing the hearing of the Word of God, not hearing Chicago PD, not hearing. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, it, 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 and it just makes me almost cringe. And I don't know what to say without trying to hurt this person's feelings. And is just really, especially NFL, it just irks me. If you're driving in the car, you got to hear all the games. If you're at home, you got to hear it every game that come on on Sunday and the that come on Monday night if one come on Thursday you're going to hear that one too so we have kind of like separated to two different TVs or two different rooms you're going to stay out there I'm going to stay back here but still I may go in his area for two or three minutes but he don't want to come in my area but this person loves God I really do and really has a heart of gold, but you, I, I, what I think, what I think, and try to put in perspective to make me feel better is, he grew up in a time when you didn't take the Bible to church, and you was gonna be the junior usher, and everything was gonna be okay, and you grew up not getting the word that we're getting, not being taught that we're being taught, and. It's so very hard to get that mind renewed if I was trying to say, uh, I'm going to send you a Bible verse every day. And I'll tell him in a minute, God is not pleased. You, you." And sometimes I'll get like, I think sometimes I may get on his nerves. I really do. Because he'll say, uh, I said, I bet you don't even know 10 Bible verses. But you know everything in that NFL. You know their names, their numbers. You know where they play or what team. It irks me so bad, y'all. So I just, I I, I don't know how God knew I was over there balling, but I was.
3: <laughs> Maybe
5: you got something to say. I just had to get up because if not, I would have been like, no, I got nothing to say. But on the way home, I'd have been like, girl, you know you should have got up. So I just asked for everyone, and I'm sure you know by now who I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, you done told it. But, Nayjana, can I tell you this? Please. He can be won over by you through the word. If that's what he chooses to do and he think that he's doing what he need to do unto the Lord, then you just lift him up to the Lord. You speak the word of God openly in your house. Things will change. But you don't hit him on the head with the word all the time. <laughs> Leave that alone. Yes, you're ma'am. making him feel guilty like you're better than he is.
5: Mm-hmm. So don't mm-hmm.
0: do that. I mean, if he's honoring what you're doing for the Lord, he don't mess with you, right? No, no, Girl, you need to give God glory. You got some people in the household that tell you to turn that off. If he's not messing with you, leave him alone. God will handle him in due time.
5: Praise God.
0: Leave him alone. You do you. Let him do him. And I guarantee you, when he sees the life that you're living for the Lord, he'll come in there and ask you questions. And let's see how you answer them. I did him the same way, that one right over there. Mm-hmm. I would always hit him on the head with, When you gonna get saved? When you gonna do this and when are you gonna do that? Child, when I got in my word and I got before God, I forgot about him. And then when he really came to me, I didn't even know what to say because I was shocked. <laughs> so we have to keep doing what we're doing for the Lord. And as we do what we're doing, they'll see what we're doing and then they want what we have. You don't have to keep knocking him upside the head with the word. As the spirit speak, you speak to him. If the spirit is not speaking to you concerning him, leave him alone.
5: Okay, thank you.
0: Anybody else want to say something on that one? Women? Teresa? We all been there, done that, amen? It takes time. Anyone else want to share anything? And Najina, I honor where you are with the Lord. With the TV, turning off the TV and just wanting to get that word in you, that's an honor because when he come in that house, guess what he's going to be feeling? The peace of God going through that house, honey. Don't stop doing what you're doing because God honors that, being that your mind is trying to set on things above and not on things of this earth. So if you got your own sanctuary there, when he walk in that sanctuary, honey, he's going to know he's in the presence of the lord and it ain't like it was before it's different so keep doing what you're doing come on Jeremy oh my lord let us pray
4: my father just brought it to my attention um, I remember back then when I was younger he was always trying to force me to go to church and, um, I know y'all probably seen that stare I used to sit back there and have his hands behind his back just looking at me like that, trying to come up here. He was always forced me back in the day, And you know. Yes, after him leave me alone, you know, I'm starting to come in and my kids and my, my girlfriend, so that's about the same thing, right?
0: That's about the same thing. Yes. It is, Najina, because my husband would get on this boy all Good the fair. time. You need to come to church. Now, you know you need to be in the church. Now, you go everywhere <laughs> I said, leave him alone yeah. when it's time He'll come because we know what we taught him. We don't have to say nothing now. Look at him. Look at my Jolly Green Giant. And the thing is, Najina, he respects us for who we are in him. He don't come to my house and disrespect me with TV, nothing. So we don't have to do nothing but live that life. And the life that we live, y'all, that's what's going to speak for us. We don't have to keep hitting people over the head or go in their house. Now you, that, 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 that. Uh-uh, that don't work. Because that's, that's condemning that person. When they see how we live, then they're going to respect the God that's in us. But if we do an opposite to the word of God, who they think we're going to follow? We can't be in the, got one foot in the world and then got one foot over here with God. No. Anyone else have anything before we dismiss on that? Everybody good? You good, evangelist? All right. Can you dismiss us, Sister Deborah?